everybody, it's Dylan. A few weeks ago, we put out an episode dedicated to what we called our near-death travel experiences, but basically just times on a trip when things went very poorly and in a dangerous way. And we asked you to send us some of your stories. Who knew <laughs> that everyone <laughs> was so eager to share times they almost died? Because boy, did you deliver. Today, we're going to listen to a few of the stories you sent us and find out how you guys survived, how you survived dodging obstacles while flying down a mountain, how you survived drinking way too much absinthe in Paris, or getting driven to the airport by a 12-year-old. All of these stories and more after this. This year, we all have a choice to make. But it's not just about this donkey or that elephant. Some of us want lobster, oysters, or a Michelin star chef's take on sea bass. Some want to watch whales. Others want to make way for ducklings. And some people just want to get the whole family on top of a big old green monster. We all have different agendas. But that's exactly why Boston is the one thing we can all agree on. Book your getaway at meetboston.com. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com/music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. Hi, my name is Paul Dries. I live in southwestern Minnesota. So my near-death experience comes when I was bikepacking through Puerto Rico with a friend of mine. We had been climbing, I think, for seven hours that day under the sun, and it was quite hot. We were sweating all over the place, and we knew that all of this day was leading up to a descent that was about the same distance. And we start going down this descent going like maybe like five to 10 to 15 kilometers an hour to all of a sudden going 40 to 60 kilometers an hour. And having a grand old time. The road is getting kind of narrow though. And it is really like cut into the side of the mountain. So we've got like steep cliff that goes going down. We have a little narrow roadway that's about 20 feet wide, maybe 20, 25 feet wide. And then it dips down again. And up in the distance, I see somebody walking their dog with a chain. Now, dogs have been an issue with us all trip. And so I'm a little worried about this. And But I see that there's a man there holding the dog. And okay, it'll be fine. But what happens is the owner of the dog is not paying attention. And the dog is on like a 15-foot metal link chain. And my friend is about 20 feet, 30 feet ahead of me. She goes first. The dog lunges at her, stretching this metal chain way across the road, right? The dog is about, is going on into oncoming traffic. My friend just barely avoids getting bit by this dog. And I don't really have good memory of how this happened, but I know what must have happened is I must have swerved around the dog on the far side and just swerved into oncoming traffic and was able to avoid it. And 
all of this while going like 40 to 60 kilometers an hour, right? The crazy part about it is we have this near-death experience, right? We have this dog pulling this chain taut across the road in front of us. But we can't talk about it for another 10 minutes because the, the descent keeps going on and on. So we have this adrenaline spiking experience. But neither of us can really say anything because we don't, we, we're not going to be able to stop. And so we just go on for another 10 minutes. And then I think our first words to each other were, <laughs> I, I think I was going to die. I was ready to die in that moment. Now, for me, as a, as a person of faith, I might attribute that to divine intervention. Some other people might call it luck. But one of the many moments on my bike where I thought I got a little, little too close to the edge. <laughs> Anywho, love the podcast. Have a good day. I love the podcast. I listen every day. Um, my name is Bailey, and I don't know if this is an incredible travel story, but I listened today about um, scary travel experiences, and I've definitely had one or two of those in my lifetime. When I was studying abroad in college in Italy, we had a long October break. So we decided to hop around to a few different countries, and my boyfriend's friend came and met us in Barcelona. Had a great time in Barcelona, it was really fun. And then our next stop was Paris. So we went over to Paris. That night we were out drinking and his friend is a known um, drinker who, not that he's like over and above, but he just like doesn't know limits. So he was out having so much fun, whatever, can't really blame him for that. And he refused to come home with us. And he had started to getting into the absinthe, which as people who have had that know, it's not a great idea, especially when you're not used to it. So long story short, um, we had to leave him because my boyfriend was throwing up after one sip of absinthe. And we woke up the next morning uh, with a Facebook message from a nurse in a local hospital telling us that he was there. So yeah, call me back for the rest of the story. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. At the tone, please record your message. Hi, Bailey. This is Chris Naka from the Alice Obscura podcast. I'm calling for the rest of your story. Please call us back. Uh, we need to know what happened to your friend. Thank you. Hi, Chris. This is Bailey. I'm calling back uh, to conclude my near-death travel experience story. So I did leave you on quite the cliffhanger, but um, so we woke up with a text message from uh, the nurse at the hospital. And from there, we didn't really know what to do. We didn't speak any French, but we ended up going to the hospital and trying to communicate with them, which did not go over very well. It took probably an hour and a half to two hours to find out finally where our friend was. And he was in probably the worst room of the hospital in the basement with people all over the place at different stages of um, pain and hurt and it was terrible but um, we finally found him he had a broken jaw and he had to go into surgery so at this point we had to go call his parents he had to go into jaw surgery and we couldn't be at the hospital anymore so we were kind of just left to leave him in surgery and figure it out on our own so we got his parents to fly in to Paris 
Um, his surgery went really well, and he got to fly out the next day and had to go back to the United States with his fixed up jaw. So it could have been worse. Thank God it was a four story window that he jumped out of. So um, it could have been worse, but we're thankful that everything went the way it did. Thanks. Hi, my name's Sarah. Um, my near-death experience also occurred in Costa Rica. Um, it was the early aughts and we were on a student trip um, at a beach that was known for riptides. So we'd been given the whole primer on what to do if you get caught in a riptide, swim with it, uh, parallel to shore until it lets you go. Uh, and we knew not to go out too deep, but I was standing maybe up to my knees in water um, thought I was safe and suddenly my my legs were just ripped right out from under me and I was pinned against the ground under about a foot of water and I could feel all of the sand swimming around me going up my nose and I must have opened my eyes for a minute because I remember seeing like the light coming through the water above me but thinking how far away that air was even though it was you know maybe maybe a foot of water maybe six inches and I, I couldn't move at all I was just pinned to the ground so I, I remember thinking that I shouldn't struggle because maybe it would let up and I didn't want to use all my oxygen while I was pinned there um, and drowned under possibly six inches of water. So I just laid there and I, I tried to think calm thoughts. I tried to slow my heart rate. I tried to just conserve oxygen as well as I could. Um, and eventually the the tide did let up and I, I could feel... Um, that I could start to move my arms and I was thinking about maybe just trying to get up, thinking that maybe I could when um, one of the guys from my group apparently noticed that I wasn't standing where I was a minute ago um, and came splashing out and managed to haul me up. Um, fortunately, the tide had dispersed enough that he was able to get me up and not get sucked under himself. And uh, we both got back to shore. And of course, I was young, so I was trying to look like it wasn't a huge deal. And I wasn't a half-drowned rat. And I hadn't almost died. And everything was fine. But it was extremely embarrassing trying to correct my bikini and <laughs> make sure I looked all right. Um, yeah, I don't know, late, late teens. But that was my that was my near death travel experience. Um, thanks for all you do. Love the podcast. Bye. Hey, Atlas Obscura. This is Joanne Middick, a longtime listener, first time caller. I love storytelling. I love travel. I've been traveling for the last two decades. Um, actually worked for Cirque du Soleil for about ten years, which took me all around the world. And every time I hear your podcast, I say, I need to call in. I need to call in and share my stories. I have got so many. And I've just never done it because I felt like I couldn't leave the perfect voicemail. So here we are, leaving a very imperfect voicemail. But I heard your most recent show today about times you felt you were close to the end. And I've had several of those. Um, one of which involved taking a tiny rental car unprepared over the Atlas Mountains in Morocco. A sandstorm coming in not be able to find the tarmac, um, just being in the middle of the desert, very cold, uh, with a tiny car and no roads uh, because we couldn't find the road because it was covered by sand. 
uh, ended up, in my mind, being rescued, but uh, I could give you the full story. But basically, found a man in the desert. Sounds unreal, but I've got pictures. Um, and took us to a place in the middle of the night, woke up to camels and an amazing breakfast, all alone, kind of on the border of West Sahara. Um, biggest sky I've ever seen in my life was there. Uh, members of the Berber tribe were around. It was just this most surreal uh, travel uh, experience. There were other times in Peru, visiting Lake Titicaca. This is before GPS. No one had cell phones. This is 20 years ago. Um, uh, and couldn't get a ride to the airport. Someone's cousin's brother or whatever arranged something for us in the middle of nowhere. Um, never showed up. One plane takes off once a week, so we needed to catch it. Ended up being driven about three hours by, I don't know, a 12-year-old with blocks literally tied to his shoes so he could the pedals, swerving around cows and log trucks going, I don't know, felt like 150 miles an hour. I'm sure it was more like 50. It was the only time I was crying for my life and travel. Um, there's a lot more color to that story, but I mean, I could talk for hours on this. I'm sure your taste's going to go out, but feel free to give me a call just to share. I love your content. I love what you guys produce. I listen to it um, every morning and every evening. Uh, heard many stories twice. Um, actually, one of your, uh, your uh, locations on the map is uh, the church that I was raised and grew up in, hand-painted church in Central Texas. Uh, my uncle actually painted it. So uh, if you ever want to do more on that story, I've got the end. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I could talk for hours, but I'll leave it there. It looks like we're three minutes in. So we called Joanne back, and uh, she told us more about these painted churches in Texas and connected us with her uncle. It is too big a story to fit into the end of this episode. So stay tuned for an entire episode dedicated to just that. Thank you to everyone who left a message. We really, really love hearing from you. If you have a story you want to tell us, give us a call at 315-992-7902. And leave your message telling us about your best travel stories, something amazing you saw on a trip. Whatever it is, wherever you went, we want to hear about it. You can also record a voice memo and email it to us at hello at atlasobscura.com. We cannot wait to hear from you all. This episode was produced by Chris Naka. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. The production team includes Dylan Thuris, Doug Baldinger, Camille Stanley, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire, Gabby Gladney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you soon. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com/music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. 
The most exciting part of a vacation stay at a home rental? Easy. It's being greeted upon arrival with a rusted lockbox affixed to the underside of a stranger's condo. Yeah, you simply twist knobs, click gears, jiggle it, and then rip it off its moorings, and voila! Your prize is a key to a questionable home rental and maybe tetanus. When you just want to get your vacation started by actually getting into your room, it matters where you stay. At Hilton, we deliver your key right to your phone on the Hilton Honors app. Hilton for the stay.